0: Welcome to the High Rankings Podcast, brought to you by Dispensary Growth, the preeminent SEO agency for dispensaries. Each episode, we'll dive into the world of search engine optimization for cannabis dispensaries. We'll discuss the latest strategies and tactics to help your dispensary rank higher on search engines and attract more patients and customers. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, join us as we explore how to maximize your online presence and stay ahead of the competition in the rapidly growing cannabis industry. Hello and welcome back to our
1: podcast. We are on episode 12, I believe. Season 2, episode 2 of our renewal. What's new? Anything exciting? I doubt it, but we can always hope.
2: I mean, I live a very exciting life, Cat Spots, but it is – we touched on this in the last episode. It's a very exciting time of year. The NHL playoffs are in full swing. So as far as, like, life after 5 p.m., I've got playoff hockey, and playoff hockey is fucking nuts. You got guys throwing their faces in front of shots and pucks and everything. So we've got a game tonight, the defending champs, Colorado Avalanche, of course, have found themselves tied with an underdog. They have no business being tied. And last game, one of our best players, probably our best player, got suspended because he smoked this guy in the corner. He basically suckered him. He didn't mean to. He thought the puck was in play and he just took this dude out, injured the guy. Now he's suspended. So now, the tie series best of three and we're down like three guys, two of which are our best players.
1: That does not sound <clears throat> at all promising, does it?
2: We'll see. I think it's good. I mean, it's not – I mean, it is as close as a must-win as you can get. It's on home ice. You know, the series is tied, so it's whoever wins the next two games wins the series. But I think it's kind of good, too. You kind of, you know, you get this kind of uh, challenge early in the playoffs. I think it's, it's good for the team. Let's see how they respond. So what about you, Kat Spots? I know you live a very exciting life even scheduling this podcast was a challenge to get you on here.
1: It's Tell me. You. I was waiting on you being ready. I don't even know what you're talking about. I do have a busy few days, obviously. But yeah, no, nope. kids are packed. They're all done. I don't know why, but I keep thinking I'm a day ahead of myself. I like I've been thinking all day that it's Thursday and it's not, it's Wednesday. So I don't know why I'm ahead of myself because we leave obviously Friday. But no, I'm like It's weird. It's just been a weird week just between like when I've worked, when I haven't worked, things I've had to do. So yeah. But the kids are packed and I got, my husband laughed at me for this, but I don't think that it's stupid. I am a chronic overpacker. I just am. And then you add to that that, there's four of us going. And then you add to that, that I bought a whole bunch of like candy and chips and things to take back To my family back home, so I of course was worried about the weight of the suitcase. So I went on to Amazon and I bought one of those suitcase like weight things. Yeah. And my husband like laughed at me. He's like, "What do you need that for? Just don't pack so much." Well, first of all, do you even know me? Okay. But Mm -hmm. second of all, now it just takes the guessing game and the worry out of it. So, like, we have one whole suitcase packed, and I weighed it, and it's like, I think it was like forty. Three pounds or 44 pounds and you can have 50 pounds so like and that's like almost all the kids plus some of the candy so i think i'm gonna be all right but yeah i don't know how i've lived without one of these suitcase like weigh things
2: so it's a scale you just like it's like like, a, like
1: it's like an electronic scale so it just looks like you're holding like it's like the size of a stapler right and it has, so you attach it to the handle of your suitcase and you turn it on and it will weigh either in kilograms or pounds. And then you literally just pick the suitcase up by holding the scale. Like it's literally like, imagine a stapler. So you just pick the suitcase up like that and it weighs the whole thing for you. It was like cheap, it was like $10 or something. But I also know I'm going to bring a whole bunch of food back because, you know, I miss, I miss the stuff over there. So this way, I don't, I won't have to worry when I get to the airport. Oh, is it going to be over? Is it going to yeah, charge me? Cause yeah. So yes, yeah, so I got that. I also got air tags to put in the luggage cause you know, yeah. Yeah. luggage likes to go missing, mm-hmm. even though it's literally a straight flight from one airport to the other luggage still likes to go missing. Mm-hmm. So I've got air tags in all of the suitcases and stuff.
2: Nice. Can you just get Air Tags and like? Tar- I've never bought Air Tags. I'm, like, I'm gonna be traveling here soon, so you just go to Target and get Air Tags, or like Apple Target, Store.
1: Target, Amazon, Apple Store, yeah. And then you okay. just—I've had mine for a while, but I—I I haven't like activated them. So you just pull out the little like plastic tag that's in it, and then it activates. And you hold it by your phone, and it is so easy. It just connects to your phone. You name it whatever you want to name it, and it's done. And then you just go to Find My. The app find my, and then yeah. you go, go to items, and then it tells you where everything is.
2: Gotcha. Maybe I should do that with my bike.
1: I would definitely air tag it, but you kind of yeah. got to conceal the air tag on the bike. Yeah. So it's not mm-hmm. obvious that there's an air tag on there.
2: Hang on, I'll figure something out. That's a good call, though. Well, cool, yeah. cool. What are we talking about today? What is our episode on?
1: Today's episode is technical SEO.
2: Yay. That's your favorite subject.
1: Yeah. So I feel like technical SEO is like a term that just encompasses lots of things. That's what I think. But you could explain if I'm wrong.
2: Yeah. So technical SEO is taking the guts of your website and making them cleaner, like cleaning out all the BS in the back end of the website and just making it more attractive for. Well, the user first and foremost, and then search engines. So it's by making it more efficient and cleaner for search engines, it's easier for your target, being a dispensary owner, it's easier for your potential patients to find your website.
1: Okay. So basically one of the elements of technical SEO, I feel like I could be wrong on this. I feel like we're going to mention things that we've already covered in other episodes but in a deeper way
2: exactly so like the think about like a a wheel on a bike you have the hub in the middle and you have spokes so the hub would be technical seo and then the spokes would be like different subjects so like site navigation user experience page speed page navigation or like site hierarchy those are all different spokes on the wheel
1: so speaking of then So one of the elements of technical SEO is going to be your site structure and your navigation.
2: Yes, we did do an episode of this.
1: We did exactly. We exactly did that. And we were talking about in terms of your structure, we talked about silos, obviously, but we also talked about how important it is for your URLs to be correct in terms of, you know, how how you're naming your URLs. In relation to what is specifically on the page, and also how that falls within that silo, so it's not just it's not just the structure in terms of what's on there in the pages, but it's also about how you tie that in with correct URLs,
2: exactly like proper naming conventions, keeping the keywords short and concise, so that when Google crawls it, it knows right away like what this page is about. Like this page that I'm, this would be Google. This page that this content is scanning for is for glaucoma and how it is a qualifying medical condition
1: okay that makes sense and then also within that encompasses a website that is you know Mm user-friendly you don't want to make anything too complicated you want to make sure if you have you know a navigation bar at the top or like a hamburger menu for a navigation that it's easy for people to fly around your website I know one thing that we, we kind of hold ourselves to is that we don't want any more than three clicks for a user to be able to you know, navigate themselves to the menu in terms of buying things. So if you're clicking around a website over and over, just trying to find where you buy something, people will exit that website real quick.
2: Yeah, they'll leave right away. Your bounce rate will increase. Your retention time will decrease. And those are ranking signals. And it's it's just a pain in the ass. Like, just make it as easy as possible for somebody to pre-order
1: from your site. Yeah, I mean, literally a button: shop now, buy here. I mean, we place we place our buttons at least our first two pretty high up. One's on the nav bar, and then one will be in that very first, like right under a hero image or something. If they don't want to do anything else but buy, well, here you go.
2: Here's where you buy. And yeah. what what you can do, and that's a good point, is have it in the the nav bar. So and have them be contrasted colors. So if you have a typically dispenser websites are green, if you have a greenish you know, accent of a website. Have your buy now button be red, be like a bright red, like a contrasting right. color. So that's in the upper right hand corner. Buy now. You know if if you're it's just one location, I would just When the button says buy now and you click the button, that should go directly to your Dutchie or Jane or whatever menu provider that they use. It should go directly to that menu.
1: And also another thing which kind of ties in a little bit is you do not want a slow, laggy website. Like you need that thing to be quick. It needs to be responsive. You don't want to go to buy now and then you sit there waiting with the little circle just spinning to get over to your Jane or Duchy menus. So yeah. you need to make sure that you're optimizing your website and you're not flogging it down with unnecessary items, which is not that difficult to clean up, but it really does affect the user experience.
2: Yeah, it's, it's in the ass too, like especially when you land on it from you know, a landing page directly from Google. Uh, if, if you put in like dispenser near me and you're in Boulder, you land on somebody's page and you say, yep, all right, that's near me. I know where this address is. I'm going to click on there. It doesn't load right away. It's, it's just a pain in the ass. So the chances increase because somebody just gets pissed and they'll just go to a different dispensary, especially in Baltimore, like here in Colorado, that's going to happen. So clean it at the back end of the site. You can use a tool called Page Speed Insights. Get a score for both mobile and desktop. Mm-hmm. Wipe out like all the shit and guts Whoever built the website should have developers, since they built the website, they can get all the guts out of there that don't matter. So like, just all the code that is unnecessary, So, like pop-ups, other than age verification that we talked about last episode, other than that, generally pop-ups. So get rid of those, give it a giant images, compress the images, and should move the needle about 50 to 60%.
1: So I know this doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about, but whatever. That pop-up that comes up when you first go to the dispensary website about your age, is that a mandated thing? Is that like every dispensary website has to have that?
2: It should have. Yeah. If if you're doing a rack, it it should have that. Yeah.
1: Okay. I wasn't sure if that was like, Mm. you know, like an absolute has to have, like there's a rule or a law against it or whether it's just like best practice.
2: Yeah. for, For adult use.
1: Yeah, because I think, like, even if you go to like a Budweiser website, it asks your age, I think. So that kind of makes sense. Okay. I think so. Actually, let me, I'm going to check that right now. I can't spell because I don't drink beer. Yep. Yeah, it says, Are you over 21? You can enjoy this website if you're of legal drinking age. And then you have to enter your full date of birth before you can even get wow, it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's not there- even 20 you 21. It's like, Oh, you need to put your date of birth. Yeah. There's
2: ways to, to keep that clean too on on your website. Keep that pop up clean. What Once you verify it from your, I think it does ISP provider, and you're oh. you're good to go. But yeah, just just keep the website lean and efficient, and your page speed mm-hmm. will increase.
1: Okay, cool. Also, what about like the certificates? Like the, you know, when you get the there's there's a word for it, and I don't know what it is, but when you get the little padlock, yeah, uh, URL bar,
2: yeah. The- SSL cert. That's what I
1: was looking yeah.
2: for. Yeah. So that, that's through your hosting. And so, like, for example, if you're using GoDaddy or, like, Bluehost, all you do is just log into your hosting. Mm-hmm. They should have good customer service. So log into your hosting, go to your chat prompt, talk to a real person, and just tell them you want your SSL certificate, SSL, secure socket layer, SSL sure. certificate installed. And then they can do it in like five, 10 minutes. And that, that's big. It's a bigger problem if it's not installed. And absolutely for no reason should somebody be passing through any kind of credit card information or buying anything or private information for websites that are unsecured. because it's exactly what it sounds like. It's an unsecured website. So Google takes that seriously. So talk to your hosting, get your website secured. Very easy process.
1: So now if you didn't have that, what does google i'm not suggesting not to get it but i'm just asking if you don't have that on your website does that affect your ranking or is google looking at that for something else
2: it is actually kind of embarrassing we haven't seen it collectively here at the agency for a couple of years at least but every once in a while you'll see a really old website and when you click on it you'll be taken to a warning page saying warning this page this website is unsecured are you sure you want to enter like, it's like a warning directly from the Google Chrome browser.
1: Oh, wow. And okay.
2: Yeah. And so it's just no bueno. Just talk to your hosting provider and ask for an SSL certificate. And they should be able uh, to help
1: you out. But most websites, if you're building it, they should, if you know what you're doing yeah. when you're building a website, you know that that's like part of like, you're going to do that as you're building a website. Yeah.
2: But that that's part of the process of, of building a website is making it secure.
1: Yeah. There we go. Learned something. New. I mean, I knew about it, but I didn't know that it was, you know.
2: You knew about it. Yeah. I mean, we. And I mean, I knew about
1: it, but I haven't seen a warning about unsecure a website, but I'm assuming yeah. that's most people make sure their website's secure. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. What else? Sitemaps. You know, we haven't really talked much about sitemaps, I don't think, in our. No, previous. we haven't. I don't really think we have. I mean, I know how to update a sitemap.
2: Yeah. So what is a sitemap? Sitemap is, it's basically a table of contents for your website. It says, okay, here are the blog posts, here are the pages, here are the other page sections, almost like like silos. And then when you click on like posts, it takes you to every single blog post under that website address. It makes it easier for Google to crawl your website. Let's say you have a blog post on Indica versus Sativa strains. You put it on your website. You get it live, really content on there. And the best thing you do would then be to go to your, your sitemap and plugins can generate it. So like if you have Yoast, like an SEO plugin would be Yoast. Mm-hmm. So you go www.dispensary.com sitemap, one word, dot XML. Hit enter and it generates a sitemap for you. Copy that sitemap address. Go to Google search console, click on sitemaps on the left-hand side, and then submit the sitemap and just paste that address where it says paste the URL in here. You'll see it too. Like it, It's kind of weird. It, it's a lot easier to do it on a video or to explain this on a video, which just a podcast, but once you see it like on the left-hand side, like it literally just says sitemap, and you click on that, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's where it goes, and you just paste it in there, and then it, it's submitting that new page in the table of contents to Google.
1: So what if you don't do that? What if you don't update your sitemap?
2: We've done it for so long, like you know, it's it's a part of our SOPs. Is, is update the sitemap like after you get new content live? We like to think, or I like to think that it Google will crawl it a little faster. We just want to make it easier for Google to find the website. So what if you don't? I guess there's a chance that it could take a little bit longer to crawl your website, but I mean we don't want to chance that. So we always just. I know, mean we our- do.
1: That page we upload yeah 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 yeah
2: like we we do you know, it like
1: how detrimental it would be if people forgot to do it
2: yeah like we do it like right away like that page goes live the second thing is you update the site map it's best practice to do it
1: makes sense i mean you gotta make literally want to make life as easy for the google crawler as possible yep because all that's, that's it. gonna do is help you you know help your client help your website like yeah for sure that's it schema i'm gonna tell Ooh. you right now I don't really that's understand. Favorite
2: subject. Well, that's your second favorite subject?
1: I listen, I know from having obviously worked on the back ends of websites that you got copied all of this text stuff. Listen, I don't even really know what it does. I'm just being dead honest with you. So, if you can explain it to me like I'm 5, then some of our listeners will probably benefit immensely from
2: it. So, schema markup. What is schema? Schema is data of data. So if you're a cannabis retailer, cannabis store, you guys at Google, what's the store name? What's the address? What are the hours? What's an image from the store? And like, when did it open? Like opening date. So data of data. And what you can do, it doesn't necessarily improve rankings, but you can get rich snippets. And a rich snippet is like, like when you Google best Denver dispensary, then a certain dispensary will pop up with store hours, with reviews, and with like local deals. Like that's a rich snippet. So when you submit schema markup, your chances increase by doing that. So schema markup, a tool that we use is technicalseo.com. And what you do, it, it's kind of like a form. So you say, in the case of dispensaries, the store or the business type is a local business, the name is this. The address is this. The telephone number is this. Uh, the store hours are these. And when you input that on in the left hand side, it spits out code on the right hand side, where you copy all that code and you put it into the back end of the website. Okay. And when you when the web page loads on the screen,
1: mm-hmm.
2: then what you can do is you can take that URL and if you Google Schema Markup Validator paste the URL that you just made you just made the schema changes to paste that URL in there and it will scan it like there's a tool from Google that will scan it and tell you if it's thumbs up or thumbs down and so what you want to do is do that for all of your city locations so if you have dispensaries in Denver and Boulder you want to do that for your Denver page you want to do that for your Boulder page because those are effectively your sales pages and that's that's really important because all of that ties into your gmb or your google business profile
1: so by Over, not doing that you're in the same situation as the sitemap is you're just slowing everything down again you're not making yeah life. yeah
2: you're you're basically just stepping on your own foot by not doing that right huh. well that's basically what it is it's just it's data of data you go to a web page input the data on the left hand side on the right hand yeah. side it, it spits out code you literally just copy the code into your website And then you hit save and double check the validator. Mm -hmm. And then you're good to go.
1: It's more data for Google to check your website, crawl it and be like, oh, okay, got it. And push you up the ranking. This one might seem kind of like obvious, but people miss it all the time, is your 404s, making sure that you're, you know, you you don't have any four of fours that any links that you have internal, external, on page, off page, that they all work. Which you know, it sounds like so simple, but these things get overlooked if you don't have, you know, an SOP to make sure that they get checked.
2: Yeah, and and not just that, it's like as the website grows, as it scales, it's inevitably you're you're going to get a broken link here or there. You know, it could be like an anchor text, anchor text on a page, maybe like the off-page link that you're linking to changed or it went down or something like that. So that's why it's important to have, you know, every three days or once a week, whatever it is, to have a crawl or an audit of the website. Mm -hmm. We like SEMrush and Screaming Frog. Do the audit, make it automated, and you can set the parameters for like broken links or, you know, whatever those parameters are, but make sure the broken links are on there. And then if you get a page, and what's cool about the, these tools too, is that they'll tell you exactly where the problem is. So you just have to go back and, oh, okay, this page is no longer linking. So we'll just take off this anchor text and put it somewhere else. And then you rerun the audit and then you're scoring like a hundred percent.
1: So two questions relating to that then. One is how often should you run an audit on your website? And two, what kind of things does that audit look at?
2: So I think we have ours every Wednesday and Friday, I think it is. But, but we're publishing content like quite a bit. So at least once a week would be the answer to how often you should audit. At least once a week. When you get the results back, fix the results, fix the errors, pardon me, then rerun the audit and keep doing it until it's you know 100% because they're, they're really easy to fix. And the others, what are the parameters?
1: Yeah, like... For what is it going to look at that what type of errors is it going to find when it when it looks at you
2: what's it looking yeah so like it's basically looking at the heartbeat of the website so like are there healthy links are there broken links are there how many redirects are there how many internal linking percent like i i'm literally looking at a screen right now from semrush that's why i'm I'm, i can kind of spout this off but what's going to move the needle the most are the errors there's errors, warnings, and notices. Start with the errors, so they can be like broken links, missing H1, which you, you should never have, but missing H1s, missing title tags. Do the on-page stuff, and then you can clean up the off-page stuff afterwards. So that on-page is going to move the needle, so start there, and then the off-page is step number two.
1: So it so- will look, if you have linked, if you've... On, let's take on-page SEO. If you've linked to any of your other pages, it will take a look and make sure that those pages, those links actually work.
2: Yeah, right. That, that off-page link is actually there. If it's not, it'll pick up the, the 404. Or in other words, this page is, is no longer there. Mm-hmm. And then take, remove that anchor link from your site and just pick a, pick a different one. Just pick another one.
1: You know, when you consider how many links you're going to use throughout your website, it's a lot. So to do it, like, yourself, (laughs) you know, every single page, every single link, you'd have to have somebody full-time just doing it constantly. So Uh, to to run that through the audit, like, yeah.
2: Just for the sake of, like, your team's insanity, too, it it should be done with a tool. And there's good tools. There's Screaming fogger, SEMrush, Ahrefs, Moz. They all have those tools. We're we're partial to SEMrush because we've used it for so long. SEMrush has a a very good tool and you can automate it too.
1: So you just, you just tell SEMrush to run it, you know, every Friday, every Wednesday, and then you get the report in your inbox. Here's your errors. fix them.
2: Yeah. Like this URL is the same exact, or pardon me, this page has duplicate title tags, these three pages. So you fix two of them and you're good. You know, put the keywords in there, you know, see who's ranking for what and Mm -hmm. you're good to go. That kind of thing. It it doesn't take long at all. Once you have so the, the foundation correct, those audits afterwards. You know, assuming you do when you upload content, you're doing it correctly. The audits will stay above ninety five percent.
1: So there's no excuse not to do it, basically.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Like you can't. You shouldn't neglect it. And if you do neglect it, you probably shouldn't be an SEO.
1: You're in the wrong job, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Did we cover everything? Did I miss anything? Because you are more of the expert on technical SEO than I am.
2: No audits, four, fours schemas, sitemaps, security, site structure. No, 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 no. This is pretty good. Got everything. And,
1: and just as a reminder, a lot of the things that we just discussed in this episode, we have done like deeper dives into in earlier episodes. So if there's something more that you You want to understand, I would maybe go check previous episodes. And if you haven't done it and you want us to do it, you can find us on LinkedIn and you can find us on YouTube. We definitely welcome any kind of communication. I think that's it. I think we're done for this episode. I'm leaving.
2: That's all I got. We'll chat with you guys later.
1: Goodbye.
0: And that's a wrap for today's episode of the High Rankings Podcast, brought to you by Dispensary Growth, the preeminent SEO agency for dispensaries. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you found value in the insight and the tips we shared. If you did, please hit that subscribe button. And if you're feeling super generous, we would love it if you left us a review. If there's a specific topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, or if you have any questions, you can go ahead and find us on LinkedIn or YouTube.